Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the From Her to Her podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Grace. This is a show dedicated to all things transformation. You're going to hear from women that have gone from one version of themselves to another, and you'll also hear from professionals in the field of mind, body, and soul health and wellness. The goal is to give you hope and the resources to keep you moving forward as you move through transformation in your own life. I'm looking forward to introducing you to today's guest. So let's get going. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I am so excited to talk with you. Thanks for having me. This is so awesome. It's so great to finally meet you. You too. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm going to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is McKenna Wrights. Some of you may have seen her in some of the articles that she's been a part of, some of the TV shows she's been on. McKenna Wrights is a TEDx speaker who empowers men and women to reframe their lives' challenges into gifts and opportunities so they can pursue their purpose with clarity and confidence. After losing all of her hair due to alopecia, McKenna uses her journey of having this autoimmune disease to help others overcome the loss by resetting the mindset of their quote-unquote loss into growth and opportunities in their lives. Teaching AP psychology and coaching varsity volleyball for 18 years, McKenna resides in Toledo, Ohio with her husband, Greg, and two beautiful daughters, Carson, 10, and Maddox, 7. For her expertise, McKenna has been featured in numerous things. She (laughs) is in Forbes, Women's Day, USA Today, Yahoo News, U.S. News and World Report, Good Housekeeping, Business Insider, Very Well, Mind Body Green, Global Women Magazine, Thrive Global, Healthy Women, Medium, and Love What Matters. And she's also been featured on the Jennifer Hudson Show, Good Morning America, Good Day DC, Good Morning Washington, The List, Wake Up With Marcy, Ticker News, and Cheddar News. McKenna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh gosh. I'm honored that you're on the show. Your story, like it said in the bio, you're spokes lady for alopecia, but after doing some, a little bit of research into you, I think you're really not only bringing light to alopecia, but also there's more than what meets the eye when it comes to a human's value and what matters. And I think both things, both things I just absolutely love about you. So I'm honored to have you on the show. I think our guests, our listeners are going to hear some really like mind changing things from you. I know I have. So I'm that. looking forward to having an amazing conversation and it's just an honor to be. Why don't we start with a little bit about your background? Okay. I am from Toledo, Ohio. I was born and raised here, grew up in a a very supportive household. My parents, very androgynous, both parents kind of worked and very, were at every sporting event, every school event. I was very fortunate. And the ironic thing about this whole story is that I was actually known for my hair since I was five years old. I, I had the thickest, most beautiful hair and people, I I was identified because of my hair. And then junior high comes around and I was made fun of because of my hair because I had so much of it. And then I played volleyball. I went off to Hope College and played college volleyball and knew I want to become a teacher always since fourth grade and got my education degree, got my first job teaching and coaching varsity volleyball and 
finally fell in love with my hair and realized my hair was a part of me and learning how to tame it. And then really got the life, the white picket fence life. And I hate using that term, but stereotypes it as almost the perfect life. I found a beautiful house and great job and found the love of my life. And now I was pregnant with our second. And I remember saying to myself, okay, I've checked everything off the list, master's degree, job, house, kids. Now we have a dog. Now what? And within four months, my life completely changed, which was heartbreaking to say the least. And it was a dark journey that I really went on. It's amazing how quickly things change. (laughs) So what were some of the first What were some of the first signs? So we had our daughter, our youngest in May of 2015. And in August in the state of Ohio, volleyball season starts August 1st, school starts, AKA stress starts. And then my, my husband also coaches college volleyball. So we're going, we're going full force. And I remember when I was teaching, I looked down at my shoulders and my shoulders were covered with hair. I'm like, wow, that's, I don't remember losing this much hair after the first baby. And you go through the normal postpartum hair shed after pregnancies, but I didn't remember that much. And it was kept continually covering my shoulders. So I went to dermatologist and they said, you could have something called alopecia and you could lose all your hair. And that's, I almost laughed because I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. And there's no way I'm going to lose my head of hair because I have so much of it. And once season ended, I was doing some topical creams just to slow it down. Once season ended, we took family pictures on November 1st, noticed my hair was substantially thin. And by the end of the week, I was sitting in the shower with my hands full of hair. Gosh, that's so fast. Yeah. And within three weeks, 90% of my hair was gone. And in the midst of it, of course, I was trying to do everything to slow it down, but of course it caused more stress and then it caused more hair to fall out. But in hindsight, I'm glad the bandaid was ripped off quickly. I'm glad that it went so quickly because if it was a long drawn out process, which does happen to millions of people, I think my journey would be very different. And so I have to look back. There's no regrets. And I'm very thankful for my journey, especially because I I'm here with you and being able to carry on these conversations. But when you're in a dark storm, regardless of whatever dark storm you're going through, mine just happened to be losing my hair and be visible where we have to understand that everyone's going through a dark storm and it's okay. Like it's okay to be weak. It's okay to cry. It's okay that I went from the couch to, to bed and I was proud of myself. Like I did something that day and that was my all in. And that's the big thing that we need to continuously talk about that we don't want to talk about because of social media. We want to put out everything that's good in our lives, but we're humans and experience loss. Yeah. Life will continue to happen and it's not always roses. Exactly. So I like your perspective too, on the bandaid, just getting ripped off. It's like you did have a morning time. You did have a lost time where you go through all of the phases of that, but it's like you got thrust into bounce back. What are some of the things that you tapped into, did research to help you embrace your new I didn't want to embrace the new me. And that was the difficult thing because I was in such denial, but I was very, I'm very fortunate that I have an amazing supportive, loving husband because my kept asking myself, my husband's still going to love me. Is he still going to want to stay with me? Because I now look different and physical attributes are a big piece of the game. And he said to me, as I was losing my hair, McKenna, it's just hair. 
And to me, it was so much more because as women, we subconsciously identify with our hair. And it wasn't until probably a year ago when I realized what he was saying is that he really loves me beyond any physical characteristic. It was me who didn't love myself. So I wasn't able to fully see with a clear lens what he said to me, but just having that by my side, having parents who shockingly live a mile away from me, who are my bane of exit. They just are my rocks. We're there all the time. My mom's a science minded. So she was doing all the research for me because I didn't want to do any research. I don't want to keep reading negative things. And then I had two beautiful little girls that were watching my every move. My oldest was three. My youngest was four months. And I needed to, my mom asked me, how do you get up every day? So there's no other choice. I have two beautiful girls watching my every move. I have students in my class who are relying on me. I have a family to take care of. Life still is going on. I'm not living it to how I used to, but I'm still living, like I'm still existing. And so it was just really relying on others. And the other thing was, is that because I was starting to look different, people thought I was sick and people still do, uh, but you have to be vulnerable and it is your choice on how vulnerable you want to be it is no one else's choice. And so I stood in front of my students as my hair was receding back and I was wearing a headband, trying to cover up as much bald spots as possible. And I said, my hair is falling out. We don't know why. And I'm going to start to look different. And that just gave me a bubble, gave me some space where people didn't have to keep asking or wondering, or, and it gave me that space just to figure out what was going on and figure out how to move on. And that was really big vulnerability. And so little by little, I was able to share a little bit more and share a little bit more, but it took me four years for four years. I wore wigs and I refused to go out without a hat on. I would walk around this house with a hat on in for a year and a half without taking it off. I would go to bed with until the lights were off. And then I would take my hat off because I was so ashamed and embarrassed of how I looked. I hated my reflection. But again, like we talked about, you have to go through that grief period and that grace period. And once you realize you're going through that grace period, then slowly you're going to be able to start to change instead of having seven out of seven bad days. Now it might be six and you're going to see that improvement. You're going to see positivity. Yes, I had a good day this week and it's all about building it. As much as I prayed to either have my wake up and my hair was back or I could shave my head and look like GI Jane. It doesn't happen. We don't wake up and everything's perfect. And that's what we learn. And I saw a quote that I actually shared with you actually today that, you know, when we feel like we're buried in the midst of a storm, we just have to remember we were planted for a reason, but it takes you time to understand that reason of why it happened for you and not to you. Yeah. It's a, it's like a moment in time where you have to have grace for what it is and be aware that you don't want to unpack and live there. That it is for a purpose. And so on the good days and in the moments, keep an eye out for what's coming next or that next open door. And yeah, and then definitely lean on the people that are supportive. What a gift your husband gave to you too. Like a realization really of his love for you and permission to become the new you within the relationship between you and him, which has to be, has to, did it have a certain amount of free, like freeing you too? Not all at once. Yeah. Not all at once for sure. Because I was so clouded. I was so clouded by myself. We are our own worst enemies. And just knowing that he wasn't leaving me (laughs) gave me that freedom. 
but it was still, it was, it's my own by my side unconditionally. And I'm forever blessed because of him. And ironically, he's bald too. No, that, that changes things. So I have so many questions that have come from just this little bit of time we've talked. I want to get to what alopecia is. I, we know it's an autoimmune thing, what you believe about autoimmune and all of that. I want to get to that. But I think first I want to get to when it first started happening, you're like, and people wonder how much do you notice now compared to then? Obviously people are still going to look, people are still going to question how much of that gets to you now and how much of the work that you've done bringing awareness to it. Do you think all of that has helped you be able to not even really notice it anymore? Or do you right. find it more of like an opportunity now? Yeah. So it's been, it started just going to the grocery store and wearing a hat and people would come up to me and say, are you going through treatment? Can I pray for you? And it was also how we carry ourselves every single day. What is our body language? What is the nonverbal characteristics that we're exhibiting every day? Regardless if you're having a good day or bad day, but you could just tell that I was more reserved. My shoulders are shrunk and just trying to get through the grocery store as quickly as possible. And so people come up to me and I was so embarrassed. No, luckily it's not cancer. I have something called alopecia. But the more and more it happened, because it happened frequently, I realized it was an opportunity for me. It was an opportunity to educate people about alopecia because it affects 6.8 million Americans. It does not discriminate against age, gender, ethnicity, religion, anything. And so the more and more I realized if I can switch the mindset of people, instead of them looking and thinking the worst, if they were educated and had some awareness about alopecia, then maybe they'd be like, oh, you have alopecia, right? Yeah. And it's a different perspectives and it puts out different energy into the world. And what I also learned is that was primarily females that came up to me. And these were females who have beaten or going through breast cancer and they want to share their journeys. And it was so empowering to be having these conversations that they were fighting and have fought the real fight and they've beaten it or are beating it. And that just allowed me to stand a little bit taller and to remember that we always say it can always be worse and very thankful and blessed that it's nothing like physically, I'm perfectly healthy. I just don't have hair. And so now when I walk into a grocery store, now that I am free as a bird, very happy and confident in who I am, I can't imagine not being bald anymore, which is really weird to say how I carry myself. I wanted to empower others because people see that I'm battling something, but they also see that I'm walking with confidence and I'm walking proud of who I am, that I hope it empowers them that if they see me and they say, oh, if she's getting through whatever she's getting through, I can do the same thing. And so I do take it as an opportunity to show that I have a visible story. Majority people's stories are not visible. I know that you're battling something. And I want you to know that you're not alone because I'm here fighting every day and I'm stronger because of it. I love it. That's beautiful. So let's shift to some, some education on alopecia. Tell me, so it's autoimmune. What are some of your beliefs around how autoimmune things happen? And then explain to me a lot. Like I didn't know much about, I didn't know anything about alopecia until the last three, four months. It's actually three individual, three different individuals 
including yourself, have it's come into my world and it's all of a sudden it's in my face. Explain the autoimmune things and then tell us what alopecia is, what it affects. Is it just hair loss? Things like that. Yeah. So alopecia, there are three different types. It's an autoimmune disease. There's areata, there's totalis, and there's universalis. So what it is, it's an autoimmune disease that attacks your hair follicles and causes your hair to fall out. Areata is just spots on your head. So you might see someone with hair and have bald spots. You might see someone with a head shaved where you can see that there's a smooth spot and then there's hair, like stubble of hair. Totalis is losing your hair on your entire head. So that is eyebrows, eyelashes, everything on your head. And then there's universalis and universalis is losing hair on your entire body. And that's what I have, which I'm almost thankful for. I don't have any leg hair. I don't have to shave. Like I don't have, not having eyelashes is very difficult. Eyebrows is fine. I don't have nose hairs, which you don't think you need nose hairs until you don't have nose hairs. They do serve a purpose. I promise you. So there's three different types. There isn't one cause. And I think that's the most difficult part is that I wanted, I hated the open-ended question mark. I want to know exactly why is this happening? We all do. We want to know why is this happening and how can I fix it? And there was, there is no one cause. It can be genetic. It can be due to stress. It could be due to a plethora of multiple types of autoimmune diseases. Like I said before, there's nothing physically wrong with me. Unless I'm taking a medication that could comp- compromise my immune system, I might start to feel a little sick a little bit quicker, but that's it. And so like when COVID came out, I'm wondering like, because I'm autoimmune is that if I was taking medication, then I'm more susceptible, but I'm not taking any medication. I'm not doing anything to grow my hair back because I personally don't want to, but like I said, it affects 6.8 million people in the United States. It affects 140 million worldwide. Mount Sinai came out with a study a year ago that they're saying one No, excuse me, two in 100 people will be affected by alopecia area throughout their life, some point in their life. And that number is astonishing. And that is why we need to talk about the amount of people, the more and more people that are talking about it are coming out and like contacting me is showing that it is becoming much more common. And that's why I'm all about talking about it because I want people to not have to feel like they have to, even though I hid. I've been there. And that's what we have to understand is that we're all dealing with this journey. And I just want them to know that they're not alone and that hair does not define us. It is not my identity. It is how I show up in this world. It is how I carry myself It is my character and treating others with kindness that truly defines us. But it's taken me, it took me almost 40 years and losing every strand of my body of hair to understand that I'm proud of who I am and loving my reflection and discovering that self-love. And so I'm blessed because of alopecia. And I never, seven years ago, would never guess I would say that. The loss of one thing gave you such an amazing gift in return. It absolutely did. And it that is, and that is who you are now. And that gift is being spread like waves. It's just so fun to watch what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. So, so you're you bet. Your youngest was four months old, you said, right? So she's basically known you this way. Correct. And even it's fascinating. My three-year-old, like when she was three, I'm like, she's going to remember me with hair. She's like, I don't remember you with hair. They'll see pictures. And my, my youngest like, you look so funny with hair. Like she will come up to me all the time and just kiss my head all the time. Like she, she's like, I can't imagine you with hair. And I love you. And that was the other thing is that I had the opportunity in front of me to be able to teach my daughters self-love how to accept 
love and celebrate adversity and diversity because they're going to be surrounded by it and they're going to experience it themselves. And if they can see, and then what if it happens to my girls? What if they get alopecia? I need them to know that their mom not only got through it, but thrived because of it. And so can they. I love it. So how, because now you're a spokesperson for this and you do such a great job and you bring your heart to the table every time. It's just, it's so much more than awareness. You're also backing it up with. And really what matters is the internal person. This is just an exterior example of what everybody goes through every day. We all have a battle. You do such an eloquent job of getting that message across. When did you first start on more of a platform as compared to one-on-one in the grocery store and things like that? When did you first start doing that? I do it in my classroom every single day. Advanced placement psychology, I get to teach life to juniors and seniors in high school. And so I felt like I was already doing TED talks every single day. There's a new topic on hand. Let's discuss, let's talk about life. And then I remember there was an opportunity for a young female empowerment and I was still wearing wigs and they asked me to speak and I'm like, Oh, I think I could do that. So I got on stage with my wig. No one had ever seen me bald. I brought on my youngest. She was maybe five at the time, maybe six. And I was talking and I took off my wig in front of everyone and my whole volleyball program was sitting there and I took it off and I stood there and I finished off the talk. And then I walked off stage and I immediately put my wig back on, but I felt so alive on stage. I feel alive in front of others, knowing that, you know, not only is my mess, my message, but my message is medicine for other people. And the more we can talk about our own stories, the more we can inspire and empower others to be able to reframe their life challenges into gifts and opportunities as I've been able to do. And so then I remember talking in class saying, someday I'm going to do a TEDx, never think it was going to possible. Somehow opportunity came and all the signs pointed to it. And I was accepted out of a ton of people and got to give a TEDx. And I just, I felt again, like I was at home and every time I get to get in front of people and hear their stories and being able to take my experience from teaching, from coaching of leadership, of my own journey to be able to help others, to be able to show up authentically them that will allow them to become more effective leaders and focus on building up their, not only their character brand, but their leadership brand and making sure they align. That's where I come alive. And it is more and more being able to have the opportunity is I'm very grateful for that opportunity for sure. It correlates back to the first time you let your students know that you were struggling with alopecia. It's like when you decided to reside in your authenticity with the truth is of you and that, and like you said, it was like that allowed you to breathe. It gave you some room. I bet even in that way, that moment, the students in your room felt inspired by you. You come with such truth and authenticity, which is probably why you come alive. And I also think that living in our truth and authenticity is the truest form of self-love too. Yes. You've accepted yourself and you're sharing that with everybody else. And people are inspired by that. And it's like alopecia is your vessel to give people permission to be authentic. Yes. Exactly. Love themselves. It's just, it's so beautiful when you, when I picture you like going through the process, it's stunning. Thank you. I, that, that means a lot to me because, and we need that as women too, we need that validation that what we're doing is with a purpose and there is, we're achieving 
whatever is in front of us. And we need that constant validation as much as we say, we don't, <laughs> we do as humans. it's just, it's innate. And so I, I appreciate your words and your light. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I know it's interesting. You see the memes, like, I wish I was as fat as I thought I was when I was 22. You yes. see those funny memes and yep. you can look at pictures and think I'm such a better person now. Wouldn't want that back. Right. And it's, yeah, it just, the example that you're giving your daughters too, I like, I want to be a little mouse in the corners. They grow and see what they grow and do. And cause they watch you, you yes. know, like their worlds are different than had this not happened to you. Correct. Which is an incredible thought too. Yeah. What are they going to do because of it? So what is next for McKenna? What is it? That's- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, we have to remove the limiting beliefs right. and more stages. My book proposal is done and off to the editor right now. And that's the next, that's my next big goal is to publish my book is first to write it and then to publish it. That's my next big check mark that I want to put off, but it's continuing to spread awareness. It's continuing to empower others in as many stages as possible. Gosh, I love it. I know I'm going to keep following you. You're just so inspiring. So I don't want to forget, tell the listeners all the places they can find you and connect with you. Yeah. McKennaWrites.com. They can follow me there or on Instagram at McKenna Writes, R-E-I-T-Z. And I also have a huge event coming up in May called Challenge Yourself Leadership Coaching and Leadership Summit. It's in downtown Toledo. And any questions I would love to, it's all about building your brand, your leadership brand, growing as a person and as a professional is very important. And being together and connecting is even more important. Having these conversations that you and I get to have is amazing. So I appreciate that and love to connect. And we'll put all that in the show notes too. If people want to reach out or have questions, are you open to that? Absolutely. I get them all the time, all the time. Any way I can open. So I don't want to sign off without asking, is there anything else that you would say or offer to the listeners? I talk about a famous quote all the time by the Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of Caribbean. And this quote changed my life. The problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude about the problem. When we can stop putting so much effort into things that are out of our control and put it into things that we are in control over. And that is our attitude. That is how we react to situations in our life. We become free. We become so much more empowered and we can see the light and continue moving on. I love it. I feel like I could sit here and talk to you for (laughs) hours. You're just such a light. You're so fabulous to be with. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I will keep following you and we'll keep in touch and look forward to it. Yeah. And I thank you again for your time. You enjoy the rest of your day and we'll chat again soon. Thanks for coming. Thank you. You bet. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode. Don't forget to check the show notes for any links and contact information mentioned throughout the show. Also, please leave a comment and a rating and don't forget to share with your friends and family. I greatly appreciate your help spreading the word about this podcast. I'm looking forward to getting next week's episode out to you. And until then, enjoy the rest of this week. We'll chat again soon. Bye. Bye.